Hi, everyone. Welcome to Concession Impressions, the podcast where we review a movie right after seeing it. I am your host, Michelangelo, and I am joined, as always, with... Me, Charles Halbeck. And today we have a special guest. Yes. Stay tuned for the interview that will appear at some point in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So uh, it'll be coming a little... We're just setting up... uh, We're going to have that in a little bit, so uh, just stay tuned. But today we're going to be reviewing Black Adam, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Let's get into it. Let's jump into it. Black Adam is a DC superhero movie with a total runtime of 204 minutes. It follows the character Black Adam who is kind of a anti-hero type character that is a offshoot of the Shazam characters? I think he's, yeah, he's somehow connected to the whole Shazam wizarding universe. But it's never directly stated exactly how in this, other than we see the same characters that gave Shazam his powers give Black Adam his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie. I actually have a question for you first, Chase. Mm-hmm. How much of the DC universe do you know about? So I am less familiar with DC than I am with Marvel. I just prefer Marvel characters usually because DC and Marvel have this kind of varying ideology for how to approach superhero films, and I just prefer Marvel's ideology where they're kind of normal people first, then superheroes, Whereas DC is more like these gods walking among mortals kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they typically their heroes kind of represent concepts more than they represent like actual characters. And I find actual characters more interesting personally. Yeah, but I think that was kind of the point of Marvel. Because I remember reading in a few interviews that like, for instance, Spider-Man's character, there wasn't like a boy superhero who had to figure out school and bullies and like at the time it was like a new thing it's like oh there's this kid and you're following his normal school life and he's also a superhero yeah and i think like maybe marvel was kind of going against the grain and now that's kind of a the major kind of thing the mainstream but i think yeah i agree with you that the dc universe there's so many, and there there is so many like godlike, powered people like Superman, Black Adam, Shazam, the Doctor Future, whatever his name was, Doctor Fate, Doctor Fate. There's like so many like, kind of OP overpowered characters. I feel like in the DC universe, and and because of that, the fights end up kind of being a little strange. I think. Yeah, not Doctor Strange. Not Doctor Strange. That's Marvel. They end up lacking tension, I find, Mm -hmm. because there's only so much, you know, big massive punch that does nothing to another character that you can see before it becomes, like, kind of boring. And so the only way to build tension is then to, like, basically endanger other characters who aren't immortals. And that's where you get the problem of, like... Fridging, which is a term that DC basically coins, mm-hmm. where they kill characters, usually women characters who are the love interests of these gods, 
and it refers to a uh, classic comic book where in like the first chapter a girlfriend of a superhero is fridged where she's found she's dead in, in, in a, a fridge. fridge yeah actually going off that and this is me tying into the movie because of Dwayne the Rock Johnson but uh, we recently reviewed Dragon Ball super mm-hmm. superhero and you said that the movie felt like a WWE match do you think DC movies also feel like a WWE match, except where the audience gets involved in the fight of the, the WWE match? That's a very interesting point. I had never thought about it that way, but yeah. It's not like that power grab of like in um, Dragon Ball, it's like fight, 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 get a new power, win. So like becoming mm-hmm. stronger, stronger. But this movie is literally like two strong people just punching each other over and over again right uh until the one everyone's rooting for wins right right isn't that how the ideology that they represent wins out yeah which that's one of the major flaws for me of this movie is the inconsistent ideology Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the narrative building i think destroys any any coherent ideology by the end of it for those who are coming to watch a a like a WWE <laughs> match kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they would enjoy it. Sure. Especially DC fans, I think, would enjoy it. You kind of gave your opinion already, I guess, but would you recommend people to go watch this film? So, for our, our scoop metric... Yes, I the think, ice screen I think it's a one scoop for me. That, like, I I kind of enjoyed myself. You know, I can I am one of those people who can get into just watching kind of fun graphics and and fun characters especially very charismatic characters which this movie does have is is you know all the actors are very charismatic i mm-hmm. found uh and just kind of watching them kind of dance on screen <laughs> yeah i can get into that i think it isn't a very intellectual film i don't think it's you know going to be to everybody's taste although i i think actually you put it best when you compared it to kind of WWE that it's more or less just you know about building tension between two characters that you kind of like and watching them duke it out until one wins for whatever reason Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's where this movie for me has its biggest flaws and why it won't be something that like stands the test of time is because it lacks a shit ton of tension (laughs) It has almost no tension. I mean, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to use this argument in its favor, but I I feel like, oh, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't, like, feel right, it kind of just feels like a CGI slugfest. Mm -hmm. But Especially towards the end. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, but it's a superhero film, like, what what do you expect? You're not going to watch, like, a boxing match and thinking, like, so when are they going to sit down and talk about, like you know, philosophy or some of that, you know, like that's, that's not going to happen, right? You're going to watch the fight pretty much. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think is at the same time, I don't want to use that argument because there's been since then, there has been so many like Excellent. good superhero films, yeah. which I feel like it's not an excuse anymore. Like you can make a great superhero film that doesn't just rely on just CGI fighting. And that has a coherent, ideological message 
not necessarily, it doesn't even have to be an ideological message. It can just be a coherent theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't get my scoop thing in there. So sorry. No worries. I wanted to, to make that point. Even saying that, I would agree with you that I also would give it a one scoop. Mainly, I would also say go watch it in theaters because mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if you agree with me, Chase, but there's something I think special about seeing like a superhero film in theaters. There's something about the atmosphere of going to see a superhero film that I would suggest going to watch it in theaters. And the crowd. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. And getting back to your point about the uh, WWE comparison, I think it's weirdly very apt. And I know it's kind of my original point from another book. Yeah, I'm just stealing your ideas and repurposing them, Chase. <laughs> I don't mean to like put my own idea on a pedestal, but I think this type of movie is like being in a crowd at a WWE match where the crowd itself is a character and you watch them, not watch them, but you join in on them cheering or being saddened when a, a character nearly dies or or does die or or seeing them victorious yeah like you kind of get swept up with everyone else in the crowd and it, it definitely uh feeds to the experience of watching it in theaters but 100%. Um, yeah so let's just jump right let's take a break and let's jump right into the spoiler zone we should have a spoiler zone thing the spoiler zone from here on out, spoiler warning, and I, I want to say specifically spoiler warning, because superhero films are the one film specifically that I don't want to get spoiled. A lot of time, that's like the mean the main reason you're going to watch the movie kind of thing. Like the spoiler, like the special little something that happens mm-hmm. that makes it more interesting. Because you kind of know the superhero's kind of going to win. They're going to fight the bad guy. That's going to happen. So... The little extra things are the things you, you little sweetness after after your meal you like to eat, mm-hmm. the, the dessert for you. Let's get into it. You have been warned. And remember, The Rock is a part of this episode. And yeah. He wants you to listen. Yeah, he'll rock you. Is that, his, is that his saying? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I guess for me, there were kind of two main things that really hindered the movie, the enjoyment of this movie for me which is the inability to properly set up anything and pay it off properly, and then the uh, really poorly managed tone of the movie. Yeah, it was like dark, but then not dark. Right. He starts, his introduction is so dark, and he's like killing Mm -hmm. people and blowing them up, literally putting grenades in their mouths. But then like the little boy is just like, oh, you have to have a catchphrase. And he immediately is just like, all right, I'm going to go along with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Also, the jokes. I, I, I think jokes are a great tool to use in a really dark story to, like, refine the tone. This movie just throws them in randomly. I will say that one of the, the, the funnier parts of the movie was when the brother comes and he's like, don't worry, I can't die. I'm going to be... <laughs> I, I, the future says I'm going to be killed by electricity, so as long as I did stay away, I'll be fine. He runs into, like, the horde of zombies. And um, the fact that he's an electrician. Yeah, that's true. That's, like, a double joke. But I, I think that was, like, a funny part. And then there's other parts that are just, like, kind of cringy. Adam but... Smasher. Every time he was on screen was awful. So, like, when Cyclone, Cyclone and Adam Smasher were talking, and she's just like, 
Yeah, when I was a kid, I was uh, abducted by a, a scientist, and she, he put nanobots into my body and gave me my powers. And then I, and then she explains for like thirty seconds of how she got her powers. Like, what? What is this line of peak, dialogue peak right here? Peak cringe. And this is another one of the, this is a part of the setups and payoffs problem. Uh, is they don't set up any of the characters properly, except for maybe. Black Adam, I think, is possibly an, a decent setup, uh, but doesn't pay off properly, in my opinion. Uh, but the the way they introduce every other character is literally through an info dump, dialogue heavy, oh, like yeah. like Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> you are gonna go alone? No, I'm gonna bring cuts to this person, but she's just a little girl. Don't worry, I'm also gonna bring cuts to this character. But you're you're missing you're missing the old experienced person. Okay, cut to this other character. It's like and also, sorry, I was trying to say, they introduce them. They literally don't explain them. They say, oh, she's she's got a she's a cyclone in a in a little girl or something, like that. They give that, uh, and then uh, they they don't show how like at what stage their character is in in terms of like personal development like like we know nothing about the character of cyclone at all we know a little bit more about adam smasher because we got that grandfather moment yeah <laughs> but uh which isn't it like almost exactly a ripoff of how they introduced ant-man <laughs> like so similar because he literally gets a suit in the same way right from an old man not his grandfather but yeah, the wasp's yeah. grandfather it's like just too similar. I mean, this movie. I feel like Adam Smasher was a combination of Deadpool and Spider Man. Because mm. he was like, the suit's very similar to Deadpool's first one. Yeah. Of all. But also, like, he's kind of like that comic kind of character, but he has that goofiness of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Spider Man and Ant Man together could be I, better. Actually, yeah. Maybe yeah. less deadpool because he's not Actually low-tech. effective. <laughs> yeah, uh, or that. He's Ant-Man and Spider-Man rolled into to yeah. one young boy. This teenage hero that hasn't quite mastered his own powers. Not just that was cringy, those points, but the editing was just... There was a conversation where uh, the Doctor Fate stops the, the mother for the crown... And they and she's like, "Why are you talking to me? Because you guys need to help. Like, we need to stop Black Adam, and like he's just being good. So just like you guys gotta just talk to each other." I was counting in the film, there was like twenty two cuts for this like minute long conversation. See, I didn't even notice that. I was too focused on how that conversation was clearly meant to be an allusion to our handling of the Middle East. That's This whole thing is a terrible metaphor for the Middle East. It, it does, because they even made the joke or, like, the comment of, in modern society, you should treat your um, captives nicer than anything or something like that. Yeah. I forget what it was, but... Treat them with respect or whatever. And then the little kid, who... I actually found him quite charming, the Eamon character. Really? I think he was the worst part of the film. Really? I, I found him to I be kind of funny. Him. I, I, I didn't think he was great, like, in terms of uh, setting him up for future films, because clearly they're setting him up for, like, some kind of hero's journey, I think. 
Possibly. Like they gave know. him a literal fucking cape. But yeah. I, I enjoyed his random comments about imperialism that would come up out of nowhere just because I thought it was so cringe that it, uh, like, made its way back around to being very funny. Is it? what Like, that that deliverance of that line at the beginning of the film, it felt like his first take, and they're just like, nah, whatever, like, yeah, we don't have time, let's just, let's just go on with it. Well, it's clear that this kid doesn't know anything about imperialism or any of the words he's yeah he's like up. what is this called the superhero industrial complex yeah he's... the like he doesn't have a, a basis for that second mm. though i what was the whole like 90s he's like a, a random skater punk kid <laughs> and he's like there's like a whole him like grinding through the city to escape bad guys it was like i felt like that was a problem with with the uh references this movie was pulling from which it pulled from a bunch of early 2000s films like superhero films specifically uh like x-men even we got our own version of the x-jet yeah and the uh xavier mansion yeah and, like it looked identical to that except you don't have like wolverine there making fun of it there's um, no self-awareness i want to just really quickly say uh, since we're talking about the boy the worst, another worst part of the film for me, the end of the film when the boy is like, everyone, let's give give our spirit to the spirit bomb. I mean, the energy to Black Adam. That's a Dragon Ball reference. I guess you wouldn't understand it. I, I didn't get it, no. Uh, so in like Dragon Ball, everyone puts their hands up to to give their strength to Goku to use his they most They did powerful. that in Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. It's like that whole thing. Everyone's like, but it was like, the audio must have been bad or the take must have been bad because they did like post ADR mm. like re-recording of his voice for those lines. Audio dialogue replacement for those who don't know. Yeah, and nice, thank you. He's supposed to be yelling out to this crowd of people, but he's like, everyone, give their strength. It looks his performance in the movie is like he's screaming, but the the ADR is just like him whispering this lines and I, I don't know i don't know if you noticed that everyone in this movie spoke english perfectly yeah for the most part it makes no sense yeah especially if they're making this whole imperialist argument it's just i think this comes down to the writers and the director not having a very clear thought out idea uh-huh. of what this movie is saying or attempting to say yeah and also, it could lead into, like, the producers as well. Not and wanting to say anything as well, yeah. Also, The Rock probably doesn't want to say anything too particular, because he does have political ambitions. This is something we know. I know you have a f- more things to say, but uh, maybe save it for Twitter. Check out what Chase has to say on the Twitter feed at, at Filmmaker's Cookbook. It's Film Cookbook. At Film Cookbook <laughs> on Twitter. And also, give us a follow on Instagram. You know, why not? You're already on the internet. We haven't given our concession impression. That's the whole name of the show. What is your concession impression? Best to worst ranking. You got number one, peanut M&M. Number two, popcorn. Number three, hot dog. Number four, raisinets. All right, Chase, which one do you give it? Mm, Low popcorn. Oh, that's actually better than I thought it was going to be. What really changed my mind on it was when you compared it to, using my own analogy, WWE. (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, because I do think that's what it was attempting to do, is just kind of be an exciting film to watch. And it did hold my attention. 
and it wasn't you know I didn't hate anybody in it I I, I didn't love anyone either but like uh-huh. I I I think it was a decent night out. It leans more on the positive, so that's why I'm giving it a, a popcorn as opposed to maybe a hot dog. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. I am actually going to give it a hot dog. Got it. I, I think, it, again, it's maybe like like a rock sausage dog. <laughs> rock sausage dog. You know. <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, it was good. And I think also, speaking of The Rock, I know he's on, you're going to be talking to him, but I do think him in the film was maybe the best part for me. Yes. I think he was great. I do think a lot of the VFX was pretty well done. Like, it was heavy on the VFX, but I would say that they lo- a lot of them looked really nice. Again, to all those other points, it didn't... I feel like a superhero film can be so much more... And we've seen so much more from superhero films. From DC heroes. And even DC movies. And I feel like this is not an excuse. You can make something better. So I'm going to give it a hot dog. But I'm hoping that the next Black Adam or the next DC movie would be better. And I'm hoping to give it a popcorn or even a a peanut M&M in the future. But currently, I am giving it... A hot dog that's kind of it for our episode today i'm gonna kind of wrap it up here but continue listening because we have a special guest finally i know you've been waiting the entire episode and he didn't come on i mean what do you think we can get him for a whole hour no we have him for just a few minutes so welcome aboard Dwayne the rock johnson do you smell him coming Whoa, okay. What is he cooking? There we go. Okay. Um, so, till next time, everyone, let's go into that interview. Woo! All right, just getting my Zoom ready here. Let's see if we can set this up. And, all right. Uh, so, it's. I'm a little nervous. So it's, it's my pleasure to introduce the one, the only, Dwayne. The Rock Johnson. All right, how you guys doing? You guys ready to see Black Adam? Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. So, so Mr. Rock, this is uh, your first foray into the DC universe, and uh, we we want to know what is your vision for the DC universe and and for Black Adam. Um, this has been a passion project of mine for the very first time we made the announcement that I was gonna be Black Adam, it was 15 years ago. When you do watch the movie, I think you're gonna love the spectacle, the VFX. Um, I think you guys are also gonna love the storytelling of what we wanted to do with Black Adam. We wanted to use Black Adam, um, we wanted to use this as an opportunity to launch not only one, not only two, three, four, but five new superheroes. You, you spent 15 years preparing for this role. What does Black Adam mean to you? What does he represent? We wanted to establish Black Adam, as you guys will see, as the most powerful force on this planet. It also sets up and paying homage to the most powerful force in the entire universe. 15 years later, the whole idea about Black Adam and what Black Adam represents at the end, end of the day, uh, what Black Adam represents is always listening to the fans. And that's what Black Adam represents. Yeah, thank uh, you for spending, you know, I know you have like 40 movies coming out. Thank you for uh, spending a little bit of time and just joining us on our podcast for this evening. No, absolutely. Thank you. All right, everyone. <laughs> have a good week.
Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.